Well, there is so much that's wrong with the world, isn't there? And we're all caught up in it. You don't have to scratch the surface very far with anyone to discover that there's issues that they're dealing with. It might be marriage problems, being estranged from family or friends, workplace issues, defamation, sickness, mental health, grief, anxiety. Everyone's dealing with stuff. If aliens were to visit our planet and observe the world for a month, or even if they just sat down and watched a half hour of our national news, just just pick one episode, you can easily imagine them coming to the conclusion that there is something seriously wrong with this world. Everywhere you look, things go wrong. There's a darkness about this place. A darkness that lurks in every corner. Now, why is that? Is it that we're all victims of circumstance? You know, there's environmental factors working against us, the world out there conspiring against us to make our lives hard. Now, I know life's not all bad. You know, there's still moments of light and joy in our lives, but the darkness is inescapable. Something's wrong. Very wrong. We all feel it. We all know it. And this morning, as we continue our series on the unexpected things that Jesus said, we're going to hear him give his assessment as to what's really wrong. What's at the heart of it all? And in a nutshell, it's this. Jesus says that the real problem with us is not out there, outside of us. The real problem lies within. The darkness is in our own hearts. The problem's not out there. It's you. It's me in our hearts. This is what Jesus says right at the end of our verses this morning. In chapter 7 and verse 20, the words will come up on the screen for you. Uh, This is right at the end. He, that's Jesus, he went on. What comes out of a person is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. It's what's inside us that makes us unclean. Now we'll get to exactly what Jesus means by being unclean in a minute, but his conclusion, it's obvious, isn't it? The evils of humanity, they don't come from outside of us, they come from within. The darkness that lurks in every corner of our lives comes from within us all. Now, this is a different take on humanity to what we normally hear, isn't it? It's unexpected. Our culture tends to be reasonably positive about humanity. You know, the power of us to be able to do good. On the whole, we're okay. I mean, look at all the technological and medical advancements we've made. As a human race, we're pretty impressive. Jesus, though, he cuts through all the superficial. He looks beyond mere human achievement. He looks at our hearts, who we are, and he sees all manner of evil lurking within us. And it doesn't take too much reflection to see the truth of what he's saying. Just take a moment to trawl through your past. And it won't take you long to think of something you regret about yourself. In fact, if we're honest, we'll lose count of the things we regret about ourselves. 
All of us say and think and do things that are just plain wrong. And there's no point shifting the blame onto other people or hiding behind circumstance. There is a darkness to us all. Now, we'll think about Jesus' remedy for us at the end, what he can do to fix us. But to appreciate the weight of what Jesus is saying, we need to unpack what it means to be unclean. Because in those verses I just read, Jesus says, all these evils come from inside a man to make him unclean. And this whole passage is an argument between Jesus and some religious leaders about what makes someone unclean. Back then, for a Jew, which is what Jesus was, being clean was very important. But it wasn't about whether you had had a shower that day. It was a different type of clean that they were talking about. Being clean was all about being acceptable to God. It was a religious issue, not a hygiene issue. And if you were unclean, well, that meant that you were unacceptable to God. You were out of his good books. Being unclean, that is a massive problem. And so it's very important to be clean. It's how you can be safe with God. This meant that they got very hung up about things that made you unclean. And so these verses, they record an argument that Jesus had with some of the Jewish religious leaders over what made a person unclean. The religious leaders thought that it was external things that made you unacceptable to God. So if you ate the wrong food... That could make you unacceptable to God. So did touching people who weren't Jews or touching anything that a non-Jew had touched because non-Jews, they were unclean and being unclean was contagious, like catching the cold. So you weren't the problem, but you could catch uncleanness from someone else. Now, one place this popped out in a big way was that you just had to wash your hands before you ate because if your hands had touched anyone or anything that was unclean and then you ate that would make you unclean too so chapter 7 verse 1 again the the verses will come on the screen for you the pharisees and some teachers of the law who had come from jerusalem gathered around jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean that is unwashed The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers and kettles. Getting the picture? Touching anything unclean would make you unclean. It's a bit like when you're in the playground at primary school and all the boys and girls, they make sure they don't touch one another. You know, because you might get boy germs or girl germs. So you go down the local marketplace to buy your veggies back in Jesus' day and there's a whole bunch of people down there. You don't know where they've been. You don't know what they've touched. Maybe they're unclean and they're giving you things that might make you unclean. And so it meant that when you came home, the first thing that you did was wash. So every Jewish house had large jars of water near their front door so that when a fellow Jew came into your house they could ceremonially purify themselves they could wash themselves from anything that might have made them unclean because remember being clean was all about being acceptable to God it's about being safe with God at ease with him it's a very big issue 
Which is why when these religious leaders, the teachers of the law, when they see that Jesus and his disciples don't wash before eating, they're outraged. So verse 5, so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with unclean hands? It's a very clear battle line being drawn. We hold to the tradition of the elders. We're in line with the religious leaders down through the centuries. They say, we say, you have to wash your hands before eating to be clean. But you don't. Why not? It's at this point that it's Jesus' turn to step up to the plate. And he comes out swinging. In verses 6 to 13, Jesus has a go at the teachers of the law with all these traditions that they've made up, that as if by keeping all their, their rules, they can make God happy with them. It's a bit like someone you know, coming along to church today and thinking that by keeping all the church rules that that'll make God pleased with you. It's just nonsense. But from verse 14, Jesus then directly answers the question of what really makes someone unclean. And he's very clear... Nothing outside a person makes them unclean. What you touch doesn't make you unacceptable to God. Our being unacceptable to God is because of what's already inside us. Verse 14, again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing Outside a man can make him unclean by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a man that makes him unclean. Now, at this point, it's still a little bit cryptic for Jesus' disciples. They're not quite up to speed with what he's getting at. And so when Jesus leaves the crowd and goes into a house, his disciples come and ask him about it. Now, according to Jesus, they really should have got it by now, but he spells it out for them anyway. Verse 17. After he'd left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? For it doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach and then out of his body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. You can hear the frustration in Jesus' voice, can't you? Come on, guys. Seriously, this is really obvious. Don't you get it? It's not what goes into you that makes you unclean before God. What you eat, what you touch, those things can't make you unacceptable to God. No, whether or not you're clean before God is determined by what's already inside you, what's already in your heart. And just to make sure we've all got it, Jesus spells it out with some examples. Verse 20. He went on, what comes out of a person is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and make a man unclean. That's what makes you unclean. That's what makes you entirely unacceptable to the Lord God himself, your own evil, dark heart. And before any of us try and wiggle our way out of this by thinking that Jesus is talking about you know, other people, 
Notice that in his long list, he deals with both our actions and our attitudes. So it's not just things like sexual immorality and murder, it's also things like greed and malice and envy. We all have these kinds of things lurking in our hearts. Squeeze us hard enough, this stuff spills out. I know that we can play the nice person, you know, and we, we never say a bad word. But press our buttons hard enough and we all ooze out malice, slander, arrogance, folly. I look back on my life, I can hear some of the things that I've said to people, especially my kids, and I never thought I'd speak like that. Press your buttons hard enough. This stuff oozes out of us all. It's in us. And Jesus probes, he probes deep into our hearts, he exposes us, the evil that lies within. That's what's wrong with us, that's what makes us Unclean, And it's, it's a big problem. It puts us out of step with God. It makes us unacceptable to him. We, we now deserve his judgment. And so all of this, it doesn't just mess up our lives and the lives of the people around us. It sets us up for an eternity under the wrath of God Almighty. So what can be done about it? We desperately need something. We need a way out. The solution of the Jews of the first century was to wash themselves, to cleanse themselves on the outside. But that's as effective as putting a Band-Aid on in order to cure yourself of cancer. In our day, education, I think, is seen as the great agent of change. We think that if we can just inform people well enough, that'll make the difference. And so we keep trying to change ourselves or others through the power of education. So talk to any teacher who's been in the game long enough. They'll tell you they've lost count of how many extra things have been squeezed into the school curriculum in order to combat drugs, sexually transmitted diseases, bullying, the list goes on. Now don't get me wrong, I'm all for education. But educating people doesn't change their hearts. It's not like we've been able to educate a generation and come out with no problems. The problems are still there. We see this futile dream played out in our sporting codes. Every year there's multiple scandals that will rock the AFL and the NRL. And every year we're told of the education programs and courses that all the players are put through, how they're being updated and improved, and yet every year we, we have the same drunkenness, and drug abuse, domestic violence. We do the same things in our prisons. We put criminals behind bars, we, we run them through rehabilitation programs, but the reoffending rates remain high. In New South Wales, almost 50% of those released from prison will be back in jail within two years. I've got a good friend who works as a chaplain. His summation is that prisons are, to some extent, a criminal's finishing school. They go in a petty thief. They come out a well-connected, upskilled, hardened criminal. Now, again, I'm not against prisons. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not against rehabilitation programs. It's not like they have zero effect... All I'm trying to say is to put our hope in education as the way that we can change people, 
It's been proven over and over to be a dead end. The same could be said for technological advancement, medical improvements, wealth creation. We might be able to play with more gadgets, live longer and buy more and more things, but none of it can change who we are. We need something far more radical. According to Jesus, we need a new heart. Because it's in our hearts, within our very selves, that the evil and the darkness lies and it's in us all. Each and every one of us, we make ourselves unclean, unacceptable to God. We need something that will make us truly clean. So is that on offer? Is there a way out of our mess? Or is Jesus like the doctor who tells you you've got cancer, but there's nothing that can be done about it? You know, is he all diagnosis, but no cure? Well, thankfully, no. Jesus says he can make us clean. We can't do it on our own, but he can do it for us. He doesn't talk about it in our verses that we're looking at this morning, but later on he'll tell us he can wash us from the inside. We'll see it in a couple of weeks. At the end of Mark's biography, Jesus is executed on a wooden cross and Jesus says that he died to make us clean. His death paid the price for our darkness and the evil that lies within us. He died so that we could be right with God. But it gets even better. Not only has Jesus died for us so that we can be forgiven of all our darkness, all our sins, Jesus also says that for those that come to him for forgiveness, he'll give them new hearts. He'll make them new people. He promises to give people his spirit so that they can live a new life, have a new heart, be a new person, renewed, reborn. It's hard to come up with an illustration about just how radical this is. This is woefully inept, but you'll get the picture. If you've ever had a computer that's crashed, you know, it died and it just stopped working and it doesn't matter what you do or who you take it to, it just won't start up again. So instead of trying to fix it anymore, you agree to get a whole new insight. You get a new motherboard. A new hard drive. You get a completely new computer on the inside. All that's left is your shell. Take the old one out. You toss it aside. Start again with a brand new hard drive. It's kind of like that with what Jesus can do for us. He can give us a new inside. He'll give us his spirit to live in us, with us. We're talking about having a new heart being a brand new person and so living a totally different life. It's nothing we deserve. We're all guilty of evil thoughts, words and deeds. But Jesus died to forgive us of all our sin, to make us truly clean before God and by his spirit he can make us a new person, no longer wanting to live out of the darkness of our hearts but now wanting to live his way. Now, it won't suddenly make you perfect. All of the problems of the world won't suddenly vanish. We'll still have to wrestle with our old hearts, our old ways. 
But God has promised that one day he'll bring in a whole new world for his people. And in this new world, our sinful hearts will be completely removed, completely changed. And it'll be forever so that in the new world, there'll be no more sin, no more sorrow. Nothing will ever go wrong in the new world. And you can be ready for it right now. You can start to live the new life that God has on offer right now. Do you want a new start? Do you want to be forgiven? And do you want a new heart to be changed from the inside out? Friends, if you do, all you need to do is ask. Because the Lord Jesus, he is able and willing to forgive and to change you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Son, the Lord Jesus. We we appreciate the darkness of our own hearts and that in your Son you would be willing to forgive. And not only to forgive but to change. And so, Father, please help us to have such a sober assessment of ourselves that we would quickly come to the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness and for a new life. And we ask it in his name. Amen.